Hello and welcome back to Two Bars, Tools and a Knife, talking about the hospitality industry then, now, and in the future. From FIU Chaplain School of Hospitality and Tourism Management and the Bacardi Center of Excellence, I'm Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by Chef John Noble Massey and the director of the Bacardi Center of Excellence, so I guess my boss over there, uh, uh, Brian Honors. Hello, gentlemen, what's going on? Better behave. Uh, yes. I don't know about that. Hello, guys, and welcome to We Are Officially in the 2000s of Dallas. Yeah. Congratulations, Woo-hoo! guys. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. Been celebrating all weekend. That and homecoming, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, wasn't that yeah, last weekend? Homecoming. Yeah, homecoming was last oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, it was, it was last weekend. weekend. We, we did not win our game, so I'm sorry to hear that. And, uh, you know, maybe our, our uh, guest today, who is an FIU mm-hmm. alumnus, might talk about that. We are celebrating Oktoberfest. And last week, we had um, an awesome Bavarian chef on. And today we're we're staying local. We are going to talk about beer with um, Lewis, and I'm going to kill it because I am not an Italian. But we're going to try Brignoni. Did I did I get close? That's pretty good. That's, That's pretty good. good. He's the founder and president of Winwood Brewing Company. So we're going to get in talking <laughs> with him in a second. But before we talk about beer, let's talk about what's going on with our good friends over at Bacardi. What's going on in Bacardi World, Brian? Nathan Eugene Dodge, you know, you never cease to amaze me and your skill of a language teaching is still questionable, but everything else you got going for you. So, uh, hey, we had an amazing week. I mean, busy as hell. We were all going, uh, you know, as fast as we could. Uh, Drew Neopon joined us uh, and Drew just hit it out of the park. Hey, guys, I, I, I know you're both on there, but talk about the old school classic restaurant tour of restaurant tours. Drew is just amazing. Yes, I know Nathan says he got a little political, but, you know, he's a fighter, man. He's in New York and he's got to be yeah. a fighter like that. Hey, you know? it was fun to see because, you know, I, I saw a bunch of people on the, the Zoom call and I don't know if you will able to see that on the replay, but there were some people that probably knew where the bodies were buried because I think they buried the bodies. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just, just great old school uh, recommendations, advice, and it, it was awesome too, Brian, that you got in Elizabeth Blau to call in and yeah. just surprise yeah, yeah. And our well, good friend, so. our good friend of the legendary restaurant tour, Elizabeth, and she asked, she's like, Brian, can I pop in and say hello? You're going to say no to Elizabeth, because again, Elizabeth is an amazing supporter of the Chaplin School of Hospitality. We're looking forward to doing some work with her with her cool. Women's in Hospitality Initiative coming up as well. Anyway, I digress a little bit there. I, oh, by the way, and there was like a couple of Michelin star chefs on that one the other day with Drew. There was a lot of sleepers on that that no one realized who was on there. And that's kind of one of the great parts about Bacardi Talks. You know, one day we'll do this live and we'll get it going. These Michelin star chefs, they, they kind of want to know what else is going on, what what the yeah. competitors are talking about. So, you know, if, if these big guys want to know what the competitors are talking about, hopefully our students are listening because this is really the industry that they want to get into. So they can really definitely learn something. Yeah, so... But uh, real quick, I did want to get to our today's guest. Uh, we are roaring with courses as usual. We're back in the lab. I know I've been saying that, but we're really getting more high tech due to just kind of what's going on in the world. So you're going to see us talking more about the business side of bars, not the bar business, but the business side of bars. So that's going to be coming out in the coming weeks, as well as promised mixology from basics to advanced is going to be coming out as well. Things just all good things come to those away. Things just take time with that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you're interested in any of our spring courses, uh, feel free to reach out to myself or Professor Dodge or Christina. We'll definitely point you in the right direction. And I'll be very honest, guys, we got to see what our spring is going to look like. But as of right now, Nathan, we're all systems go, right? 
Ah, good answer. Good answer. We're, so we're, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Uh, somewhere. I don't. Yeah, sure, Brian. Let's get talking to uh, Luis. Let's talk about beer, Let's talk about beer. So we really wanted to kind of tap into our, our local market as well as we're talking about beer and celebrating our Oktoberfest. And of course, uh, Luis, your name came up, my friend, uh, and uh, we were put in contact and you quickly said, yes, I'd love to support the FIU uh, Chaplain School as you have for years and hopefully more so in the future. Uh, but uh, let's get in, get let's get into a little bit here. You got a great story, my friend. You really do. As Nathan said, you're well. You, you smile, but it is a great story. You know, you started you started out, you know, with the Mister Beer Kit uh, in college. Your dad sent you, and you turned around and turned it into a you know a now well established growing brand. You know, hey, don't forget that his grandfather is also an Olympian. We should probably mention that somewhere. Like we don't have that many Olympians on the show. We're families of Olympians, so that's kind of cool. Well, there you go. So, Luis, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, particularly, you know, from that journey from FIU and, you know, kind of where this all started to Wynwood and kind of tapping into Wynwood before it's the Wynwood that we know today for those that are in the Miami market. Love to hear about it, bro. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, It was, you know, good friends with Shivani. And, uh, you know, shout out to Shivani for uh, reaching out. Yeah, I have FIU has a a special place in my heart. Not only did I get uh, my degree from FIU, I met my wife at FIU. I have a lot of good friends still from FIU. So definitely, you know, love to give back as much as as we can. Um, But anyways, yeah, I mean, my story is pretty, you know, started in college, big beer drinker, uh, like most college students. And I got really into craft beer. While I was in college, and my dad got me a Mister Beer kit for breakfast. Uh, for uh, not for breakfast, sorry, for uh, Christmas. Um, breakfast is okay though; it's all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> kegs and eggs are always good. Um, but uh, no, he got it to me for uh, for Christmas and uh, as a gag gift, right? And I think uh, ultimately, I always say kind of like a joke still on you kind of thing. But yeah, became uh, got really into home brewing at that time. I was living off campus, still going to school, and I started brewing with my roommate, who I'm still very good friends with. And actually, I'm going to get together with him this weekend and grill and stuff and have a couple of beers with him and his fiance. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very much, you know, our story is very much about family, very much about friendships. It's very much about, you know, we, we, we like to stay grounded. Uh, we work really hard uh, and we hold each other accountable very <laughs> a lot kind of like a family, you know, we call each other out easy, like you guys are doing, which is awesome. Definitely. I feel like right in. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, you know, from those early days when we started home brewing, I, uh, I had a, I had, I was a business partner with two other older uh, dudes who were, had this tech company and I was pretty much doing all the legwork and that company didn't go really well. Then I got a corporate job. And then after college, uh, I got married. My wife was super supportive. I really wanted to do a brewery at that time. There was nothing around in Miami. Uh, or in South Florida, really, you know, there wasn't uh, Titanic was like my biggest, you know, inspiration. I had my, I started my bachelor party at Titanic. I used to frequent there all the time. The the brewer at that time, Steve's great, great guy, make kick-ass beers and they still make kick-ass beers. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's definitely a story. We, we, we're very passionate. We still love beer for what it is. Uh, we've been very fortunate, you know, um, we've had, we've had a lot of, uh, Trials and tribulations throughout the last seven years of since like, you know, actually more nine years since op- trying to open and everything and then opening and cash flow. And I mean, it's the best master's program I've ever 
gone into, you know, which is funny, actually, I'm, I got into FIU. I'm going to be doing my master's in finance as well, but that's another side story. But, uh, but yeah, it's the biggest case study thing you'll ever, you'll ever, you know, from cash flow to how to hire people, how to manage people, how to deal with people's emotions and everything. And then growing a brand and working with distributor and working with accounts and working with customers. It's been, it's been a, it's been a, a fun ride. I'm really looking forward to continue to grow our brand. So yeah, that's who we are in a nutshell. That's pretty amazing. I, but I like how quick that was. That was good. It's like, I've done this before. Yeah. I, I, it's just like, I've, I've done this, this, the same spiel so many times. I kind of wanted to do it a little bit different. I mean, I could, you know, I, I started basically brewing uh, at home. I did a lot of test batches actually in y'all's kitchen uh, with my Juan Trop, David uh, Rodriguez. And at that time, Z as well, Z Lang. And we did a bunch of test batches there. We, at that time I was living in Wynwood. We were also doing a bunch of test batches in the back alley uh, of including La Rubia, which was flagship ale. I fell in love with Wynwood at that time. It wasn't really what it is today. I mean, it's totally different. Uh, we're a Puerto Rican family. It's a Puerto Rican traditional neighborhood. So it just makes sense. Um, never in one while it streams would I realize, would I think that Wynwood would have been what it is today, at least that fast. I mean, it's, it's really transformed over the last three to four years incredibly fast. Uh, still amazes me. I mean, yesterday I was walking around the street with uh, with my dad. We went to lunch, and it was just like, wow, this is still I still don't like these buildings that have gone up. It's like, wow. But yeah, I brought my dad out of retirement when I had the business plan. He came in. He said, "I'll do it, but you have to make a beer for me, and I have to make sure your mom lets me." And yeah, that's where we created Pop's Porter. And then I made La Rubia after my mom. Really, it was something that like I took it as a challenge. Really, I didn't make it for her. To be honest with you, I kind of like. I, I took it as a challenge because she, whatever beer I made, she's like, yeah, it's good. But then she would go back to drinking her Miller Lite, which I was like, ah, I really want to brew something like she'll fall in love with. But also that I would like, because I don't want to brew just the mass lager, right? I mean, those guys make amazing lagers, right? I mean, like whether you like big corporate beer or not, that's up to you. But what they're able to do is amazing. And so, yeah, I, I, I started doing ales and I went through tons of different batches. I mean, some that tasted way off, some that were pretty good, but not what I wanted. And finally, we landed on what the recipe is, La Rubia today. We, uh, we got our um, business plan, got the money, initial money, got some loans, and then started pounding pavement on trying to build a spot, find a spot. We found a spot in Wynwood, have a great landlord. We've been with him for now a while. We've just extended our lease, so we're going to be with him for a lot longer. Um, you know, we've had really great people along the way, um, that have really helped us out, you know, from people that, you know, former students at FIU, people at FIU, uh, staff members to, you know, people at banks, people at the city, people at along the way, there's a bunch of also not nice people along the way too, but the people that are really nice, really <laughs> make up for that, the, that happens though, that for the happens. jerks, it's part of, yeah. uh, part of growth. Speaking of not nice people, Nathan. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about FIU. We really do appreciate you, you mentioning us. And, and of course, you know, uh, you mentioned Z, you mentioned Matt Weintraub, definitely David Rodriguez. He's still working for you. I saw, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah, how's David David's... doing? We haven't, I haven't seen him in a, in a, in a you know, minute or so, but. Um, da- 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 I'll tell you, David's it's, it's an incredibly special human being. You know, he's uh, not only is he a great guy, he's an incredible hard worker. You know, David was like our second team member to join after our brewmaster. And the guy was just worked from cleaning tanks to brewing to 
Uh, he moved to the sales side, now sales manager. So he manages all of our sales with a team of three folks that he manages, and they're doing a job. I mean, they really built our market. So he's doing a great job. He's great. He's married. He's got awesome. a baby boy. <laughs> we'll definitely <laughs> so tell him hello from the FIU Chaplin family. My wife, we'll do. specifically Don Fagnan, said, oh, is he going to be on? I want to say hi. I was like, oh, yeah. I should have brought him on. But, you yeah. know, you have really done some pretty amazing stuff because you started off uh, pretty small, just at, well, in our kitchens and go, moving to Wynwood, building it up. And the last time I was on a cruise, I was on uh, the Norwegian Escape in the, uh, the beer house. And, you know, they've got Wynwood beer. They've got a bunch of them. So how do you really make that transition? And, and really, what are some of those challenges that you face or have faced while you've made those transitions? Yeah, good question. Um, so it's, you know, the beer business. I think any business, to be honest with you, is all about really people and relationships. And um, and really the success has been someone like David, who has been a keystone to our success and all the other folks that are part of our team. So the, the you know, when I was saying there's really nice people on the way, that's how the Norwegian Cruise Lines thing came along. We have a, a great photographer, food photographer in Wynwood. His name's Sid. We call him the mayor of Wynwood. He's been around for a long time. He actually was doing photography for Norwegian Cruise Line. He's the one who brought them to the table. Uh, and kind of like they had this concept of doing beer on a ship. And that's who actually brought us to the table. We built a really good relationship with Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh, until they did the district brew house, which is on the escape. And they've actually multiplied it to different ships now. So that's been, that was an interesting thing. I think, you know, outside of just like regular distribution, exporting and dealing with cruise ships is a, that's a difficult gig, uh, especially when you're doing draft beer and you're trying to work with supply chain and seeing where your kegs are going to end up. Cause sometimes those ships start in Miami and then they end up and go to Europe and then your keg ends up somewhere in Europe and you don't even know how to get it back. So it definitely has a logistical issue with it but no i mean that that was a fruitful relationship still a great relationship now uh, now on top of norwegian we actually just launched a new partnership too with virgin voyages uh and their new ships and we're doing a special beer for them congratulations um, that's that's a great brand thank you that's yeah. awesome it's great yeah thank you yeah great great brand great people and uh a great concept i mean totally different great concept awesome. than what you see in in, in cruising so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about relationships. We failed at a, a, a bunch of other ones, too, that we've tried to go after. That just wasn't a match. But some of these are just, you know, some of our success. We've been very targeted, though, on our approach of who we want to work with. And so we I think that kind of also proves to the people that we approach that, you know, we're not we're not just going everywhere. We're not doing a shotgun approach when it comes to that. We're going pretty targeted. You know, we last year we we announced our partnership with Miami Heat and they unfortunately just lost. But sad way to end the season. But. Great, great season. Uh, those guys, we were totally written off. Nobody would have thought we would have made the finals. And those guys worked super hard. You could tell how they were playing. But yeah, we're the official local beer for the Miami Heat. Um, we're really excited about to continue to grow that partnership as well. It's been an interesting first year, <laughs> to say the least, uh, with COVID and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, those partnerships and everything, it's about people having good people on the team. Um, that's where like management comes into play. And, uh, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've been fortunate that I have people that believe in what we're doing. So that's 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 a great segue uh, into what I what I'd love to hear your thoughts on, uh, Luis. And that's, you know, we've all made changes as a result of 
you know, some of the COVID stuff. And there were some fairly significant trends that were all positive towards craft brewing, whether it be, you know, the steady growth of IPAs, the increased growth of sours or, or even American lagers, uh, as well as low alcohol um, stuff. How, how have you tweaked your strategy or your process moving forward as a result of some of the COVID stuff? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's funny because we did a lot of initial research when the whole thing started coming out in March. And it was interesting to see that, you know, a lot of the, it's almost like the, the thesis was COVID is not really going to change behaviors, but actually accelerates the way things are going. And so we kind of accelerated kind of the things that we had in the pipeline. You know, our, our the way we've, I've, I've looked at our kind of sales and marketing kind of approach in all this and building our brand has been really building it on the on-premise. And so, you know, focusing on bars, restaurants, hotels, things like that, as opposed to just going too much package and going after chains and, you know, the publics and the Winn-Dixies of the world. And so we saw, we got really affected Prior to Mark, we had about 70% of our volume was on the on-premise. And so you can imagine, like, as soon as everything shut down, we, I mean, we hurt really fast. So what we did is we had in the pipeline to release more more packaged products uh, on in this year. So we quickly kind of sped those up to kind of I'll try to offset as much volume as we possibly could. And so we released our Laces IPA in 12 pack cans. We did a, we just released our mix pack about two months ago. And so we've, we we're releasing a lot more seasonal products in, in, in cans. And so we're, we're really like last month was our most packaged month. We did like 20, 20, 21, 2200 cases, which, you know, six months ago is not what we, what we had intended because we, we were so heavy on draft. That's so, you know, we, we've kind of done that shift of kind of focusing our business a little bit more on the off-premise, you know, hopefully now we're seeing the on-premise trickle back on, uh, and seeing our volume pick up, which is great. Um, but we were, we were, our folks kind of, you know, when they were, you know, spending the uh, appropriate time, excuse me, between on-premise and off-premise, it totally shifted. We totally shifted that dynamic. Hey, Lewis, is um, the tap room open right now? We just opened. We just opened on Friday. Yeah. So we're open at, you know, less than 50% capacity. Looks a little bit different than here, but uh, just so we could fit uh, and kind of space tables out. But yeah, we just opened. That was exciting too. I was there on Friday. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your, with your questions in regards to styles. Yeah. I mean, um, we just, we do a seasonal now, a sour that we rotate every quarter, every trimester, like basically every quarter. We do a different kind of fruit added onto the sour. Um, we have a tamarindo sour coming out now for the final mm. quarter. We're doing, we're looking at doing actually a lager for next year for seasonal. We do a pilsner that we, it's delicious. It's one of my favorite beers that we do. Um, but we feel it's a little bit close to La Rubia. So we don't want to necessarily cannibalize our own business. And so we're not going for that style. We're kind of more amber style. And on the low end, we do, you know, we just released our Hoppy Chula, which is our session hazy IPA. It's, you know, like four, five, four, six, mm. you know, big, bold, hoppy, juicy, dank, uh, but really low ABV. So it's perfect, you know, for still, you know, October and still kind of hot and humid here. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, one of the questions I'd love to ask, I'd love to ask this of my culinary friends and, and, and when they put in different things on the menus is, is there something 
that you, you put it on them uh, on your rotation or a new flavor or a new style that you develop that you're just like, wow, this, I, I'm shocked that this went over as, as well it did as it did or the opposite where you felt it didn't quite go as well as you thought it would. Yeah, it happens. I mean, that's why we have, we try to do, we use our tap room a lot for, um, you know, kind of like R and D. So we won't release it onto the market or mass distribution until we realize that like, we feel like we've dialed it in. So like, for instance, this Amber Lager we have, it's funny, like most of our stuff that we've done has been really kind of off the cuff. Hey, we have this idea, throw it at the wall, let's see if it sticks. Um, we've gotten a little bit more disciplined and I guess we've kind of grown up a little bit over the years of kind of being a little bit more, more methodical on how to go about it. And so like with this Amber Lager, we have this idea, we're you know coming up with a concept where we're, we're going to try it out a couple of times out of the top room, make sure that we dial it into how we want it make sure we get the malt character, make sure we get the bitterness, right. Make sure we get the dryness where we want it, get the ABV just on point. And so, yeah, we've, during that process, we've gotten, we've seen that like, yeah, like, yeah, this hop does not work with this, or this fruit does not work well with this, or this yeast doesn't, doesn't react how we want it to react. Um, and so we, we, we definitely have to go back to the drawing table and make, uh, make changes. And yeah, sometimes, you know, we either kind of throw more hops into it to totally different beer or we throw different fruit in it to be a totally different beer. So we, you know, we don't have to, it's not necessarily bad. Um, it's just not necessarily what we were looking for, but yeah, sometimes it's gotten to, sometimes we've gotten a little bit overzealous and we produced more than we thought we needed of a beer. And we realized people don't necessarily were as stoked as we were about it. And so, yeah, we, then we kind of flush it down, but you know, we got kick-ass brewers that don't that do a great job. Well, you, you definitely do it. And you know, like I said, I'm drinking a little root beer right now. I, I am a big fan of your products. Cheers. There are a, bunch of different breweries out there right now. I'm in Broward. I think, well, Brian and I are in Broward County. John's in Palm Beach. Um, you know, we got a lot of rail. We got Funky Buddha down there. There's the tank. There's um, Concrete Brew. There's so many companies out there. Is it is that a problem or are we happy that there's so many companies out there? No, we're stoked that there's more breweries out there. I mean, the more, I mean, you look at craft beer as a share of market and it's still in South Florida is relatively small. You know, I think, you know, we, we want to go and, and make a bigger pie for us and for everybody has a role to play in that. Um, and even, you know, we just opened up our tap room right on Friday and we felt like, whoops, we felt like it would have been a better, um, if everybody else was open. So concrete beach right now is not open because they're doing a whole remodeling. Uh, and definitely we, we feed off each other. We send people down, they send people down, you know, people make a trip down They go, okay, well, at least I can hit two or three breweries at the same time. Uh, and if we're, if we're all not clicking, then, you know, it, it definitely hurts overall business. So, so it's um, like going to Napa where you hit all the wine exactly. at once. Okay. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And there's plenty of space on the shelves. You know, I think, you know, we, we, I, I tell our folks all the time, you know, if, if we can get into a new place where there's no craft beer and La Rubia kind of helps, for instance, the tank or Conky beach, bring in their beer, then we've done our job, right? Not only have, are we trying to turn more people, but we've done our job with the account because we're educating them. And then they see the upside and then they go, okay, well, this, uh, this stuff is actually selling. So let's, let's try something else. So that's, 
that's what we, I, I, you know, compet- competition. Yes. You know, I think competition is always good because you definitely stay on your toes. You want to make sure that quality is as best as possible and you want to keep going. But if you're the the one cat, it's, it's, it makes it tough. So. Yeah. Uh, rising tides lift all ships. I love that's that. Exa- that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, so we were talking before we, we actually started recording the episode about some of the things that are near and dear to us. And one of those is educating the American consumers on the wonderful world of specific glassware for specific beers. You know, I've traveled to Belgium. I, I, first of all, I love Belgium as a place to travel. I can't wait to go back. I have lots of friends there. And I love the way that they treat beer with the proper respect by drinking different beers out of different glasses. Same way, and, you know, all throughout Europe, you go to England, it's the yeah. same thing. You're going to, if you get a, a yeah. British beer, it's going to be in that glass with that logo. Right. That's right. We've got, we've got room to grow in that area. So if, if you could just, uh, Luis, if you could just speak to that a little bit and, and how, and, and maybe how you're approaching that in the tap room or, or just overall comment on it. Yeah. So for sure. I think we, we, you know, I, I think we consume a lot of beer in the U S but I think we, our beer culture could be a little bit better not necessarily in a snobby way, because that's, I'm, that's very kind of like the antithesis of beer. Uh, I'm a very you know inclusive person. I really do not want beer to get very snobby, you know, and I love wine too, but sometimes some people get way too snobby with their wine, not all people. Right. But, <laughs> but and I, I mean, and I love wine. Recovering, wrong. recovering yeah. someone, yeah, recovering. Someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely, um, there's nuances to it, right? To the experience, right? Whether the aroma or the flavor or what you get out of it, and definitely sometimes the glass does help, right? I mean, it does help with getting the aroma, which then obviously impacts your flavor and how it comes in and how you taste it and the whole experience. So I definitely do believe that there is a. Uh, a truth to that and so in our tap room we do have specific glassware for specific styles of beer that give you that experience so you're going to have a belgian ale and a tulip you're going to have you know a traditional you know our pops porter and a traditional nonic pint kind of like you know english pub style uh la rubia is going to come with a taller kind of alt beer pilsner glass uh same with our pilsner so true to style in that sense and so there is a there is a there is truth to it, right? Much like wine, there's different glassware for different wine varietals and everything like that. Uh, and it's because of the experience, right? Your your aroma, and you're gonna get certain things out of it and certain notes out of it. Same with the with the beer. So good stuff. So I got a quick question. Um, yeah, sure. You know, last week we, we asked this, and and I'm curious your idea as well. So certification. So our our students, you know, when when they get out of the school, school, they're going to have a degree, but we want them to have more than just degrees. So as far as Cicerone certifications are, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm huge on education. I, I think it's important. Knowledge is the one thing nobody can really take away from you. And so I, we do, uh, as part of our hiring process, require all folks, all new folks to have a Cicerone, at least a beer server within the first four weeks of hiring more to know what, uh, what you're, what we're talking about. I mean, and it's as simple as like, even like our accounting person, you know, like we're talking about costing and talking about hops and talking about malts. If we, if, we, if they don't know what goes into the beer, how do they know what they're looking at 
or why we're paying for malt or why we're paying so much for a really expensive aromatic uh, hop uh, if they don't really know what's going into it. So uh, I think it's important. Uh, and I think what, you know, something like a Cicerone does is kind of standardizes the process, which is great. And so I, I think it's definitely important. I think it's a, it's a good base, right? And so we see it, what we do have our folks that come in to also go to the production and, vo- and volunteer a day as part of kind of like their training and work with our production staff so that they know, you know, how to make a beer, right? Um, what's the whole process? What's packaging look like? What's, you know, uh, and that's from anybody in the tap room serving the beer to, you know, somebody going out to sell the beer or the person that's sitting and doing accounting or finance, uh, because we do feel it's important. And they, I think they need to be connected to, you know, what, what the whole culture and what the brewery really stands for. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, I know that they just recently announced that the Craft Brew Alliance uh, announced a partnership with Anheuser-Busch. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how that will affect uh, Winwood and then the overall craft brewing industry. Yeah, uh, great question. So I think I think it would benefit a little bit of a history lesson because a lot of people don't understand the relationship uh, with AB and CBA and how long that's been. So Widmer Brothers back in the in the 90s uh, were one of the original breweries that decided that they wanted to go national. Their craft breweries were two brothers in Portland, Oregon. And at that time, they wanted to do it. But in order to get access to national footprint, they decided to go to Anheuser-Busch, which is the widest distribution network that for, for, for beer. Uh, and they then ironed out a deal where... AB would do all their distribution and they would just get a cut per case, right? They did a rate per case. I I don't recall exactly how much it was, but it wasn't much. At the same time, Red Hook out of Washington did did pretty much the exact same thing. And they were also national. And at so much to the extent that Red Hook then built a brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on the East Coast in order to be able to satisfy their East Coast production. That's the 90s. Fast forward to kind of 2000s, early 2000s, when the whole wine craze came. And beer kind of took a dip. And so both companies were struggling. They went to AB and said, hey, this is what's happening. We would love, how can we figure this out? AB said, okay, we're going to merge both of you together. We'll help. We'll fund it. We're going to make one company and we're going to take a percentage of that company. And that's how Craft Brew Alliance was born. Now, my relationship with Craft Brew Alliance started uh, earlier on. We uh, attended you know, ever, even before I started the brewery, I knew I needed to learn what the landscape was of the industry. And so in 2011, we actually went to the craft brews conference that at that time was super, a lot smaller than where it is today. And so I've always made a point to be able to invest, to be able to travel, to get to these conferences and learn as much as I possibly can to what's going on. Because again, knowledge is power. And if you can kind of channel and digest that knowledge and make the right moves, you'll, you'll succeed. And so on one in one small conference, uh, they invited me to do, it was kind of like a pitch. It was like a pitch, a startup challenge. This was in 2015. And I, and I won the pitch. And part of that pitch uh, prize was you get to go to CBA in Portland. They fly you, you there. They, you get kind of an inside look at how they operate, bigger brewery. They're, they're publicly traded. So we met with a sales team, marketing team, supply chains team, production team, everything. We also brewed a collaboration beer. Uh, and that's when they kind of started getting interest in us and they approached us. And then we sold 24 and a half percent originally to them. Um, at that time, we were we couldn't we didn't have production capacity. La Rubia was growing bonkers. We just couldn't make enough of it. 
Uh, and so we were either pops and I were either going to take a $10 million loan, which we had a bank lined up to build a new facility and pretty much do it on our own or bring in these folks who can provide the knowledge, production capacity, everything, you know, distribution, help with distribution, help with sales and marketing. And so we went that, that route. Uh, 2008, we then decided to sell the full portion. Now, during that time too, uh, CBA and AB uh, engaged into kind of like an agreement of, they gave, they kind of did like a, you have th- basically a CBA said to AB, Hey, you got three years to figure out what you're going to do with us. Like, are you going to be like, are you going to be fully owned? Are we like, what are we going to do? And so that three year kind of ticking clock ended in uh, 2019 last year, August of last year. And then towards the end of last year though, they AB came back and said, no, you know what? We're going to buy. And so they entered into agreement last year. This year, they just finalized it two weeks ago, the deal. Um, so they purchased the remaining 69%, I think it was, because they had free, because of that original deal with Whitmer and Red Hook, they had like 31%. I think it became, they were like a third. And so that's the history, right? So that, that's where we are now. We're owned, we're fully owned by AB. What does that mean for us? I mean, I have really good friends who throughout the years were actually snatched up by AB as well, which has been interesting to watch. And I think they're pretty independent. They're pretty hands off, which is a good thing. Um, I think for us, our challenge is going to be to kind of how do we plug into the behemoth that it is this, the world's largest craft brewery um, or just brewery, not even craft brewery, just brewery overall, you know, that's going to be our challenge. And then also kind of like hold them back a little bit um, because they are excited about our brands, which is great. And kind of be a little more methodical. We're in here for a marathon. Uh, we're not in this for, you know, one and done. Uh, so I think those are going to be the challenges. I don't think it's going to change much in the sense of, you know, people structure or anything. You know, I'm still here. Our folks are still here. And so it's actually been nice to be honest with you. Pops and I talk about it all the time. Had we gone at this alone with COVID, we probably would have furloughed aren't like majority of our staff, but thankfully because, you know, we have their backing and their financial strength, you know, we have it. Right. So I know that our folks are taking care of They have great benefits They're, You know, that's nothing that they need to worry about. Um, so that's good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, time, it's still very early in the game, still very fresh. The, uh, the merger. So we'll, we're going through that. I've been in meetings and everything and planning for next year or today and this week. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. Well, congratulations from on that. I mean, that's Thank you. a very smart strategic move, you know, definitely on your part. So kudos for that. And it's interesting you brought up the COVID on how that was part of that, you know, survival strategy. That's good. Uh, so, uh, guys, what do you think? Is, is it that time? It's uh, that time. Uh, All right. So back by popular demand. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, Luis, so we pre-warned you and say, hey, we have a little bit of fun uh, as we wrap up the show every week. Uh, and we like to do our this or that type question. And uh, this edition is called Let's Get a Beer. Uh, so I, I did create a, a, a quick little grid here, guys, or a bracket, a bracket, if you will. All right. We'll bring um, another beer if that's okay with you guys. I would definitely strongly suggest for educational purposes you open another beer. All right. Remember, we're not drinking, we're learning. So, and drink responsibly, everybody, please. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you very much. All right. So now I have one question to start out. Now, Luis, this is going to everybody, the whole team. And if you have an antidote or a story you want to add at any time, it always makes things more colorful. 
Do we want to start now nationally or internationally? Not all at once. Internationally, please. Yes, there you go. All right, internationally it is. All right, so with this bracket, I'm going to have to do a little work at the same time here. And it's going to be, uh, you know, I did a little research on what is the best beer cities in the world? Mm. The best beer oh. cities in the world. Now, my, my sneaking suspicion is most of us have been to a couple of these. I have not. But uh, as they win, they're going to go down the bracket and keep on going against each other. We're going to be going around the horn. Uh, as oh, I know usual. where I want to go. Well, John, now take it easy. Now, with John yes, being so uppity, we're going to start with John. John is uppity. And then we're going to be going to Nathan. And we're going to Luis. All right, so John Double Massey. All right, uh, let's get a beer. Where are you going? Dublin, Ireland or Munich, Germany, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to Dublin, please. Uh, stick Dublin, with my Ireland. Irish friends, yes. Thank you very much. Nathan, you need George. Where are you going? I'm, I'm going to go to the, the number one seed and go to uh, Munich, Germany. Munich, all right. Luis, where are you going? Munich or Dublin? Man, I'm going to Dublin. I was supposed to go in April, and because of COVID, I didn't get a chance to go, so I'm definitely right. going to Dublin. All right, I'm calling a field trip right there. I will bring you guys <laughs> and show you around Dublin, Ireland, one of my favorites. All right, good. So we got Dublin as a winner here. Dublin versus Melbourne, Australia. Where are we going, John Noble Massey? Oh, you know, I would love to travel to Australia. That is one of the few uh, continents I have not been to, along with Antarctica. But uh, I'll stick with Dublin. Dublin, interesting. All right, Eugene Dodge. You know, um, I can think of Fosters, and that's about where it ends. So I'm going to do Dublin on that one. <laughs> Dublin, look out. All right. See, look out. Okay. Yeah, oh, Dublin, Dublin, dude. Dublin. Oh, Dublin. my God, my Fosters, it's Australian for beer, mate. All right. <laughs> you know, our friends from New Jersey, sorry, Chris Hopkins and Andrew Biggs on that one. All right. Yeah. Dublin's going down next. Okay. This is going to be interesting and challenging at the same time. So, Amsterdam, Netherlands, or Dublin, Ireland. Where are we going, Johnny Boy? Oh, I, now now you're in my hood. I, I love Amsterdam. For you. All right. Yes. All right, Nathan, Eugene, Dodge. Where are we going, Amsterdam and or Dublin, Ireland? Um, I'm going to do um, Amsterdam if that's okay. It does make really good cheese as well, and, by the way. And windmills, and, windmills. And Heineken. There you go. Yes. So uh, that's good. Luis, where are we going? Amsterdam. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to Dublin, man. All right. Beer, beer, whiskey, and gin. Let's go. All right. Uh, so, but now Amsterdam did win that one. So we got to take that little, uh, my beloved Dublin, you know, full disclosure, I lived in Dublin as a kid. I love Dublin, Ireland. But now we're going to Prague versus Amsterdam. John, and where are we going? Prague, Czechoslovakia, or Czech Republic, um, you know, versus Amsterdam. I have heard amazing things. I have heard amazing things about uh, Czechoslovakia and Prague. Mm. They won the war. It's Czech Republic now. Just, just throwing that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes. Well, uh, when I went into school, right? So okay. There's a time. Whenever that is. Uh, <laughs> Amsterdam. Thanks, brother. Thank you very much. No problem. Nathan, Eugene, Dodge. Where are we going? We're going. I'm going to do Amsterdam. I do like right. uh, some Prague beer, but Amsterdam it does. All right. Cool. All right, Luis. Where are we going? Prague. Prague. I'm going to Prague. They do beer yeah. bats there, dude. Yeah, I hear yeah, the I'm water there too. helps. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this one's going to be a little bit of a stretch. Prague was a winner on that one here. Uh, so Prague versus Tokyo, Japan. That does have a rather Ooh. large oh. culture. This is uh, now, all right, uh, let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, Nathan, Eugene, Dodge, are we going to Tokyo? I'm going to go for a Sapporo. I'm going to really? do the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a Sapporo there. All right, all right. Luis, where are you going with that one? Yeah, I think I'll go to Tokyo. Tuna. They're making great whiskey, too. So. They are. Totally. Great whiskey, Very great whiskey. Great whiskey. Very good scotch-esque. 
John, you, uh, John Noble Massey, where are we going? Tokyo. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going back to Prague because I didn't go there the last time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now on that overall bracket, uh, Dublin is the big winner. So hold that in your memory banks. Let's travel over the uh, Atlantic to the pond, over the pond here to the U.S. This should be interesting. Luis, we're going to start out with you here because you mentioned a few of these cities in your talk today. Here, this is according to TripsDiscovery.com. Portland, Oregon versus my beloved Boston, Massachusetts. Ooh. Remember, we're going to grab a beer. I know, I know, I know. It's a tough one. Oh, there's some great beer too, man, in, Port- in, in Boston now, man. But yeah, I'll choose Portland. I, I like Portland. Portland a lot. Yeah, I've, I've, I've just had a chance to travel a lot to there and the food's really good. And it's All weird. Right. I, I like I like how weird it is. People are in the weird. That's the, 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 isn't the Shanghai city where people get Shanghai from? Is that Seattle? All right, Johnny, where are we going with that one? Are we going to be going I'm go, to I'm, I'm going to Portland. Red, uh, I'm Portland. going to Portland. Boston has too many Red Sox fans. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Listen there, Yankee. All right, uh, Eugene. Not that it really matters about. because Portland's already won, but I, I would yeah. go for Sam Adams. But, uh, yeah, I would, right. say, I would have said well, Wait a minute. If I got to vote this one, you know, but I do like Portland, but uh, – Boston is you don't get a vote. vote next. I don't get a vote. And also, you, know, you don't know how to work a, a, a bracket, but I'm just going to... That's okay, because <laughs> this is fun. We're having fun, all right? You know, what you don't know is fun, Nathan. That's what I'm telling you. All right. What so, you don't know. Portland. What Portland now versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. John, where are we going? Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which I have been to before. Yes, and I have been to Milwaukee as well. I'll stick with Milwaukee. Old school America. Middle. All right. Every day, beer. Go old school. All right. You go, Luis, where are we going? Yeah, I go go to Midwest. I go to Midwest. Yeah. Go Milwaukee. Yeah. Sausages and factories. Go go Packers. A little bratwurst. Yeah. Cheese. A little custard. Nathan is drooling already, and his gout is flaring like up. Oh, my gout is flaring up. Get some old school, old time Nathan, beer. Yeah. You can see the gout over the screen. Oh, it hurts so bad. I have another. So, speaking here. of that, which way are you going to go there, Nathan? Gonna, I would have done Portland, but it doesn't really matter. Again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll vote it. All right, then we're going. We'll start with you. All right, Denver, Colorado, or mm. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Denver, Colorado. Okay, all right. You go, John. Where are we going? We going uh, to the Mile High City, or are we going back to Midwest? I'm going Mile High because I did a taste of Vale, and they featured excellent beer from uh, from Denver, and they did uh, like a speed pairing with them, and it was great. Very good. Denver's awesome. All right, Denver's where are we going awesome. with this one, Luis? Are we going uh, back to Midwest, uh, Milwaukee? No, Mile High, Mile High all day long. Mile yeah, great high, food, well, great beer, great American beer festival is there, the biggest yep. festival in the land. And we actually won a gold medal for our porter there. So very going good, Pops Porter. Woo-hoo. Very good. Uh, you guys would make John Denver very happy. All right, so <laughs> now I'll be here on Thursday. We're going Denver versus San Francisco. Ooh. That's a tough one. San Francisco on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, well, I, it's a long story, but uh, you know, okay. I have a yeah. wife, she will travel. So, John, where are we going? To uh, the city by the bay, yeah. or are we going back to the Mile High City? Uh, we can talk about the fog, but you got to remember, you got, you know. I can double dip. I can double sure. dip. And, sure. and uh, you know, recovering ex-sommelier, not in the sommelier, but I'll uh, go to San Francisco. San Francisco, Great food. all right. Better food. Okay. 
Better interesting. Food. Very interesting. All right, Nathan, Eugene Josh, which way I'm going to do San Francisco as well. And if you need to borrow my Fernet coin when you go out there, um, I have it available Ooh. for you. Yeah, and we have people to visit out there, right? So. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see about this. Luis, where are we going on this one? San Francisco, Anchor San Steam, one of, the oh, okay. brewing, one, of the, one of the old ones. Old school go. Steam. Oh, yeah, man. All right, so this is where it's going to get a little dicey. Then we're getting down to our final, whatever this made-up bracket is. The City of Brotherly Love, where they also throw batteries at you. Uh, versus San Francisco. Where are we going, Philly or San Francisco? Now, I was trying – Philly came up in every research I did as in Philly is a beer town. So, Nathan, Eugene, Josh, where are we going? Philadelphia or San Francisco? I have family in Philly. I prefer San Francisco. So, <laughs> all right, all right. San Francisco all right. it is. And to, to, one more thing, Anchor Steam in Asheville, North Carolina, was an amazing tour. So, if you do uh, make it over to Asheville, you can hit the Anchor Steam. Uh, that was on my list as well. Luis, where are you going to be heading to? Uh, the city of brotherly love or back to the uh, city by the way? Love cheese sticks, man. I love Philly. I lived in Pennsylvania <laughs> for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll do Philly. All right, Johnny, the great you're the great decider right now. You know, cheese sticks are the only cheese sticks are the only redeeming quality about Philadelphia. I'll stick with San Francisco. All right, San Fran's a big, big winner on there. Okay, before we get to our final round, our final one, which is kind of tough. I, just, I was here last summer, Austin, Texas. Austin, Ooh, Texas versus San Fran. John, back to you. Austin, Austin, keep Austin weird. Yeah, I love Austin. All right, good. Luis, what do we think? Austin versus Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to Austin. Would love to go. Oh, you uh, like Austin. Great, great brewery scene. One of my, I, uh, at the Greater Maker Fist, uh, Beer Festival, I tried uh, Austin Beer Garden and Brew, and they make killer beers, so I really want to go down there. That's a damn good barbecue. All right, speaking of barbecue, I've Nathan never Dodge. been either to, I don't really spend much time in Texas. But um, yeah, I've heard great things, great music scene, great booze scene, great bar scene. So uh, yeah, Austin it is. Austin, all right, so the final final, ladies and gentlemen. The final final, Austin, Texas versus Dublin, Ireland. Where are we going here? Dodge, right back to you. This one's a hot mess, look at this page here. <laughs> I can actually use That is a hot mess, but you figured it out. Yeah, if I can use my passport and travel, I'm going to uh, the Dublin. There's really no Dublin. All right, Dublin on that one. All right, Johnny boy, where are you going? Dublin or you know, I'm I'm going to return to Austin. I just love their incredible diversity and food scene, in addition to the beer. So yeah. that's my choice. Very good. All right, Mr. Luis, final final on this one. What's going to be Austin versus Dublin, Ireland? Dublin, man, I really want to go. I mean, I ca I called it a couple times already. I wanted to go so bad this year. The options like pretty a, blondes or pretty uh, redheads. Those were all awesome. Because <laughs> my heart is in Ireland. All right, guys. Look at that. My, there you my go. homeland one. Look at that. Yeah. All right. Perfect, guys. Luis, thank you so much. I hope you appreciate Thank you, guys. We uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Spending a little time with us because we appreciate spending time with you. Definitely a lot of fun. We thank you. I can come back. Nathan, Eugene, Josh, any closing comments, sir? No, the same old, same old. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook at Two Bars, Tools, and Knife. Make sure you also follow our Bacardi Center of Excellence on Facebook and Instagram. They are two different posts. Uh, please drink responsibly. I know we've had a good time today with some Linwood beers. Um, I will not be, be getting behind the wheel of a car, and neither should you. <laughs> Real man. All right, uh, Chef Massey, sir. Any closing thoughts? Yep. Uh, as Luis said, the Winwood uh, tap room is open, so yeah. please – support our guest and FIU alum. And so we appreciate 
Luis, very much. And of, as always, bonjour to our French listener. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for that kind reminder. Hey, Luis, we'd love to have you on campus as soon as we can. It'd be great to get you in a classroom, particularly in our entrepreneurial classes or any of our brewing science classes with Dr. Gump or any of the team, because I think you bring a, a great, great value to our students. So, absolutely. Uh, thank you, brother. We really do appreciate it. On that note, if anyone has any questions regarding the Bacardi Center of Excellence, feel free to reach out to me at bconner at fiu.edu. And remember, wash your hands, be safe. We hope to see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Cheers, guys. Thank you.